This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. All right. Well, I'm really excited here. I have Matt Owens from OCG Properties, who I am grateful to have as a friend and uh, really excited to kick it off here, the Investor Mindset Podcast. So welcome, Matt. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Glad to be on. Awesome. Well, Matt Owens is a mega property flipper, syndicator, multifamily property investor, CPA, and just a badass leader. He's been renovating over, he's renovated over 700 houses, owns hundreds of units in the Southeast, and is just killing it overall. On top of that, he runs a few amazing meetups in Southern California, uh, where he lives with his amazing family and operates his business remotely. So he's been a personal friend and mentor, and I've known him since I started on my real estate journey just about two and a half years ago. So really grateful to have met at one of those events and grateful to have you on, Matt. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's awesome. Yeah, real estate is a fun game to play once you start. It's like, it's like crack, dude. You know, you, you, get, you get that first deal. It's called real estate crack when you make that giant, that giant swing and all of a sudden that giant, like, you know, uh, that giant win and all of a sudden you start to actually get to, you get hooked and you're like, oh man, this is, this is a fun game to play when you start seeing how to structure deals and cool stuff, you know? That's so. a, that's exactly it. And, you know, you've definitely, you know how to structure deals and you've had a lot of success and we'll get into some of that. But if we, we start out by looking back, what events or influences from your life, uh, from your early childhood shaped who you are today? You know, it's, it's interesting because um, I'd have to say it came down to my dad. My dad passed away when I was, when I was about 26 years old. And um, I think I'm mentally messed up now because I kept telling him, Hey, I'm going to take care of the family. And all of a sudden I started working 14 hours a day and quit my CPA firm job to go into real estate full time. And, you know, you start to, you realize later on what drives you, you know, but, but really a lot of it came down to the challenges and things like that as you start your own company and do your own business in real estate or, you know, start something new. And the fear of getting over that is what really shaped who I am now is, overcoming those challenges, overcoming the fear of, of, uh, you know, everything you can imagine <laughs> coming, coming wrong, you know? So, yeah, no, I mean, I can imagine that's a pretty, pretty tough thing to deal with back when that happened. I mean, how did you handle it? How'd you deal with that? Well, I was, I mean, I was working at a CPA firm job and move, driving up to Fresno constantly to see him. He had, you know, passed away of cancer and um, he was a CPA also. So he, you know, I kind of followed in his footsteps. He told me not to do it. He's like, you're never going to have spring break again. What's wrong with you? You know? So, and uh, I, I, my mentality then was, you know, I was going to UC Santa Barbara. I didn't want to uh, uh, leave the school because they didn't have architecture school there because there was too many girls. So I had to stay at the Santa Barbara school <laughs> and I became an accountant. That was my mentality behind it. And he's like, don't do that. You don't know what you're doing. So, you know, but he really helped shape me in that way to, you know, it's he instilled that ethics be, behind me. He also instilled the, the, the drive and the work ethic and things like that. Um, and I attribute a lot of that to him, you know, and then, you know, when I quit my CPA firm job to go into real estate full time, uh, you realize very quickly what you don't know and you grow like by leaps and bounds just by throwing yourself to the wolves that way, you know? 
So all of those things really shaped a lot and it's hard to deal with. And you realize you start to hyper-focus and, and change your mentality when, you know, you go through that adversity. So, and you realize too, that when you have adversity like that, the faster you look up and look for a new opportunity or focus on something positive, you know, you get out of that negative mentality. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So you shifted your focus onto something that would be positive that you could take and it could drive you forward. So obviously you, like I said in the introduction, I mean, you're just, it's, it's amazing what you've been able to do. I know you started out your journey at one of the worst times to start in real estate. We'll get into that in a little bit, but tell us a little bit about your background. What's your primary focus uh, as far as investing? So there's a lot of focuses. Once you start getting involved in real estate, you realize they're all interconnected. So, you know, when you're flipping houses, you're raising capital and, and, uh, and you're, you're doing operational work and things like that and learning how to resell houses and all that too. And so you realize there's lots of income streams around that. And so right now we flip about five houses a month. Like you mentioned, we flipped over 700 of them. Uh, we go through and uh, we have about 10 million lent out to different flippers in different markets. Um, we invest in value add multifamilies. We do short term rentals. We have a nonprofit organization that teaches financial education and real estate education um, called For Investors by Investors. We don't pitch any boot camps or book and tape sets or any of that stuff there, strictly education based. And that's a huge resource, of course, when you deal with that that level of investing, you know, where you're teaching other people about how to invest, you you gain so many resources just by helping people. And so you realize karma comes back to you, you know, but we we deal a lot of the um, a, a lot of different facets. We also invest in non-performing notes and performing notes. So it's all about cash flow streams and how you can, you know, cre- create new strategies and make money in different ways. So, so if you hear, if you hear from other people out there that you have to focus on one thing, Matt is an example of definitely not doing that. It seems like Matt, oh. you got your hands in pretty much every type of, uh, of real estate that you could. And I imagine if there's anything else left, and I know there is, that you're going to try to get into that at some point. Yeah, it's about diversification for sure. So you want to be able to diversify your cash flow streams and multiple strategies. So that's important. That's that is important. So where do you think you spend ninety percent of your time? And I know it's it's spread out over a couple things, but but where where is your primary business right now? So you know, for for me personally, I have people that help me with a lot of the transactional stuff and everything involved, and um, other other marketing people and accounting people. And my brother is my business partner, and he handles he's basically the CFO and handles all that aspect of things. So I focus a lot on strategic shifts in our business, uh, new relationships, new income streams, and things like that, and setting up processes and procedures along the way. Basically, now um, I also deal with a lot of it. You know, new relationships and you know underwriting, final and f- finalizing underwriting, as well as you know on multifamily deals, so that we don't go make a mistake because we're we're trying to look at them really fast, especially when you're doing that many. So you got to take a step back sometimes and do that additional review and oversight and quality control pieces and make sure all that's in place. So I basically run the business from that that angle. But you know, like I I work from home. No, I, I had an office. I decided to close it because I wanted to live at home with my kids. And, and I have a three-year-old about to be four and a, um, an eight-month-old. And, you know, life is short. I'm starting to slow down and make some shifts and be able to go and go into more passive cash flow avenues, which is pretty cool. Good for you, man. That's, that's really good. Since I've known you, you've been, you've been working really hard, 
doing a lot of things. So it's good that you're starting to enjoy that all that time. That's what cash flow is all about. So, you know, looking back, you obviously went through some challenges. I know a little bit about your story, but, but tell us about when you got started back in 2008. You picked a good time. Well, I, thought, I thought I was a genius. <laughs> of course, I'm going to quit my CPA firm job in 2006 and uh, jump into real estate full time. So, you know, I was a real estate genius for about a year before, you know, I lost my teeth and got the black eye from the market crash and basically lost everything. And, and to be honest, it was, I thought the worst thing that could ever happen to me was, you know, hey, I lost my credit on a 790 credit score with 290 grand worth of credit card lines available to me. You know, I lost, I, you know, I, I, I lost my pride, really, and mo- a lot of it. And I did a lot of things wrong. You realize very quickly what you do wrong. Like we got an office at the World Trade Center in Long Beach on the 23rd floor for five grand a month because we're like selling houses and, you know, like it was working. We were actually doing presentations there. But at the same time, when you realize you you need to shift from being the technician and accounting where I'm thinking I'm tracking the books and managing everything, but there's the marketing aspect, there's the sales aspect, there's, you know, cash flow management aspect of things. There's all kinds of different pieces of the business that you have to start managing. And uh, all of a sudden, if you mess up on any of those and there's a market correction and you're not financially stable, you're dead in the water if you don't have other income streams put in put in place. And so um, you re- it's very, very humbling experience. And I realized that a lot of the reason why I took that hit was because my mentality was, oh, I quit my firm and we're already flipping a bunch of houses. This is great, you know? And I thought we were doing amazing. Like, let's go buy some more. And we bought like 35 of them and the market stopped and the, all the lending market stopped. And we're about a two weeks away from having our investors refinance properties to um, to basically pay us off when the, the lending market stopped and we had zero cash and we're basically done dead in the water. And so, um, so you when know, you, when you, when you look back at that moment, when that happened, right, you know, 11 years ago now, every time I talk to uh, an experienced real estate investor that's been around since then, it, it hit a lot of people hard It knocked a lot of people out of the industry. Mm-hmm. You were just getting started and it didn't knock you out. What, what was going through your head when that happened? What did you do differently? So, so really, I, I hunkered down. I worked from home. I was like, you know, I can always go back to the CPA firm job. And I had just read um, Think and Grow Rich. And it was really weird because I read that and it said that you had to go through seven hits. I'm like, damn it. I don't want to go through seven hits, you know? And, but, you know, it, and, and I had read that and I knew that, it's, it's basically temporary defeat if you keep focusing and don't get me wrong. Like there's been times where you're just like, Oh, how am I going to deal with this? This is super stressful. And then you realize after you've gone through that and you start being able to climb out and scrape and make that money again to where you're finally, you know, okay on a financial basis, personally, at least, you know, uh, in the meantime, then you realize that your success at doing that is attributable to how fast you can look up and say, how can I solve these and, and find the opportunities there that are available to me and keep pushing forward? What's the new strategy now that everything has changed to keep pushing forward? Like I took last year, I took like a $50,000 hit on, on a property just because of some major uh, explosion of like electrical issues and, you know, kind of the stuff where we had to re, electrical on like a whole whole building and um 
and it was crazy. We had to go do all that. And immediately I'm like, how do I go through and make that money back? I know that it's just a mental change for focusing on the right activity that's going to make me that money back. And immediately our broker just got a listing and we made like $70,000 on a listing. And it just, it was like the next day. And it was just really interesting from how powerful your focus can be if you shift your focus towards that opportunity and saying, I could have said, damn, $50,000 hit that, you know, that hurts really bad, you know, but then I, I knew that if you can refocus through those trials and tribulations I had before that you could make that money back, like in an instant, if you change your mindset. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how all of a sudden you've had some new experiences. You've probably lost a lot more money than that. And maybe we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, but you know, we just went through something similar, lost about 50, $58,000 on a flip just didn't work out right. A lot of things happened. And uh, that was more than I was making many years back. And so when you think about that, it's, it's incredible that that didn't knock us down. That didn't tell me uh, or our company, hey, let's shut it down. We can't do this anymore. Yeah. It's just, that's just a, a little uh, road bump along the way, a little speed bump. Um, so what, what was the biggest amount of money you've lost uh, so far, uh. Matt? So Let's I lost a mil- I, I, over a year period of time, I lost a million dollars. Wow. A million dollars. That hurts really bad. And, you know, we had, we had some gross negligence slash theft that happened and I had to refocus all my efforts and that, that, that gross negligence from you know, our management piece was cost about 500 grand and, um, in, in lost, um, security deposits, lost, um, uh, lost renovation money that we funded up front, um, lost, uh, lost rents that were paid for the previous month or for the next month that were paid out to investors. So it, it all came to a point and literally cost me like 500 grand. I had to go sell immediately $350,000 with the notes that were making me a good cash flow every month. Um, and, uh, to get out of that. And then I had to refocus all of my efforts on the management and our equity went down by like a million dollars during that period of time. Cause I couldn't focus on our primary income streams. I had to fix and refocus on the problem. And so luckily we were doing really well at the time, you know, and, uh, in coming up big time, but you know, that, that type of thing hurts. And you realize what did you do wrong in that period of time? What, what, what things could I have done differently? And a lot of that was control and focus and quality control and making sure that, you know, we control every dollar and, and, and every aspect when it comes to management, when it comes to construction, when it comes to everything, and then having second checks and proper segregation of duties and stuff that I should have already known about being a CPA, but got super busy and you realize the problems you, the things you did, you know, to yourself. And it's, it's crazy. I, I would do it again though. Honestly, I would do these types of losses again and it hurts to say that so badly, but I feel like that's what made me super strong right now, mentally and emotionally. Like I take a $5,000 hit on something and I'm like, okay, don't even talk to me about it. I don't care anymore. You know? So yeah. I just fix, fix the problem, make sure it doesn't happen again. And then fine. You know, there's no emotional reaction. So anymore with that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's an, it's incredible because that, that mindset is what allows you to continue to persist because you're going to get knocked down. You're always going, there's always going to be something 
that's not going to go as planned, but by being able to get back up and go after it, uh, that's, that's pretty telling. So, but why not just give up? I mean, you could have just, you could have just threw in the towel. You obviously lost a ton of money. Things weren't going as planned. You know, you could have just gone back to the old way. Why not? I read another book. (laughs) (laughs) I had, I had read rich dad, poor dad. And I'm like, I'm, that's the wrong kind of income to make. Um, I'm not building, I'm not building something for myself to create financial freedom. In my eyes, the only way to get out of, you know, in reality, slavery or debt slavery or whatever you call it, um, and, and, or a job slavery of something you don't like doing, unless you're really enjoying your job, then that's a different mentality. That's great. But, or if it works for your, your comfort and your lifestyle, for me, I felt like I was, I was giving up and like, I, I didn't want to have, I didn't want to take that hit. Don't get me wrong. I looked at the job postings and I'm like, I got to make like 300 grand a year. Otherwise I'm not going to be happy with this. You know? So yeah, right. it's almost, it's almost like once you've tasted the other side of, of entrepreneurship, the side that, that brings in the bacon and uh, the good life and the freedom and the control, it's hard to go back even if you do get knocked down a couple times. So it's yeah, so, but, you know, absolutely. You got you to gotta watch out though. Sometimes you push too hard. Like when I took that hit, you know, I, I, I have a hard time relaxing now because I'm always like, how do I improve myself? How do I get better? How do I do this? And, you know, still beat myself up about, you know, not going to the gym as much and, you know, the things that I should be doing that I already know I should be doing. Everybody has those things. So. Yeah. We, we all fall into that, but you just said it right there. You think you should be doing it. If it's, if it's a must, you'll do it. But the other stuff's more important right now. It's more important for you to grow the business because there's probably a bigger, deeper emotional connection to that fear that fear of going through what you went through, because that's a pretty, I mean, like I said, most people would have given up right there, Matt. And, and for so many reasons, which is why you're successful, you didn't. And, and I think that's really telling and can be inspiring to everyone else. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of people come to me without, with, without the right mentality, without the right understanding. And, you know, somebody came to me with, saying that they were, they're 65 years old and want to retire, but they only had 150,000 in the bank account and didn't know what to do to retire and didn't have enough and were stressed out because they're getting laid off. And I showed them a note strategy where they could make a hundred grand a year off of like $150,000 investment like that. If they understood that strategy and worked on it and that changed their mentality immediately into the possibilities instead of, you know, cause it's a lot of times it's just an idea or a focus because they're focused on the wrong things on how do I, how do I, they're focused on the negative instead of focused on the solution. So tell me, what are some of your keystone habits? What are some of the things that you do every day or every week? Um, Maybe you don't even consciously know because you've been doing them for so long that you think are a direct reflection of uh, your day-to-day success. So, you know, one of the things is I get up early and I try to read, um, for at least half an hour to 45 minutes a day, um, at least to try to kind of train my mind more than anything um, and take in something new, some new information. Or um, And it's amazing what listening to some audiobooks or reading something educational that you can focus on will recalibrate your mind, you know, especially in the morning and things like that. So I try to get up early and take a little bit of content in and read some, you know, information that I think is going to better me or listen to something. Um, I also try to meditate as many times as I can on a weekly basis, just 15 minutes of like complete silence because our brain goes nuts 
constantly trying to think of stuff and you, it's hard enough to do that and you, it's hard enough to just train your brain to meditate and you know breathe and things like that and focus on your breathing um, more than anything it's because you your mind will wander and you just got to pull yourself back and it's more controlling how to control your mind right as much as possible those types of things have been really valuable I feel like um, you know when it, I also focus on you know trying to segment my day where I'm not going to go answer emails like all day long. I'm going to go try to segment them into different, different parts of the day and schedule like important tasks and try to move those things forward. And, you know, I'm a very big list guy, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm only doing like three of those and breaking those things down into three big segments you can get done and realize everybody wants to get this stuff done immediately. But, um, it's, it's, it's just about baby steps forward every day, slowly moving that needle a little bit forward. You know, a lot of people beat themselves up because they're looking at this giant task that seems like very overwhelming and then they never get to it because it's like you need to take those baby steps first. It's not, it's not the big picture yet. It's, you know, move that needle, move that needle until you can actually um, accomplish it. And if you think about the first task of any major big project you're trying to do, it's like, a phone call or a brainstorm or, you know, something that's not that hard to do. It's just thinking about it as a, as a, as a whole across the board with all these, with a big project seems very overwhelming and people stop right there and don't move forward or actually take that action. So it's, it's finding ways of consistently taking small steps of action forward on everything you're trying to accomplish and, and doing that goal setting and reviewing of your goals on a daily basis, what you want to get done. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's amazing. So goals, what, uh, how do you go about writing goals and how do you go about reviewing them? So I think the first thing, one of the best books I've ever read is a book called Traction. And, and it talks about your vision traction organizer and being able to go through and list out what your 10 year plan is, you know, and saying, Hey, if I, if my goal is $50,000 a month in cash flow from rental properties, multifamilies and notes, then um, then if that's my goal, then how do I go and achieve that? Right. And if that's my goal in 10 years or five years or whatever that goal is, then you, you line it out what that goal is and what that looks like. Not just, not just the, the monetary thing, but what your lifestyle looks like, right? Writing down how you want to live your life. Cause money is just a tool to actually do that and help people in reality. So, you know, if you can go through and, and line that out first and then backtrack and say, okay, how, what does that look like? Where do I got to be in five years? If I'm going to try to hit that in 10, what about the three years and two years and one year and six months and three months and, and, and a month and this week, you know, and back it in to that and say, this is what I have to be doing on a daily basis consistently. If you're going to say, I got to go buy X amount of multifamily units to make this much money on it consistently, then how many multifamily units are you going to review every day to continue to make sure you hit one a month or one every six months or whatever that, that pertains to get to your goal, you know, so, and, and make sure that activity is consistently happening. So that's, how you break it down as you start with the goal in mind and break it, go backwards into tasks and, and uh, specific milestones in between that. It's so key when you're able to create a specific destination that you want to get to and you actually pull out the map and plan where you're going to stop along the way. It's so much easier than just going out there and trying to work just for work's sake. 
That's so smart. Yeah. You, you really, you really hit, hit it on the head there. Everybody struggles with that too, by the way. So like, it's not like I can do it all the time and it's not like every, everybody got to cut up, has to cut themselves a break sometimes and not think about what happened in the past all the time. They need to move forward and say, okay, what can I do today moving forward and not beat themselves up? Cause they carry around this weight of negativity and baggage of beating themselves up about what they weren't able to do previously, you know? So I I'm, I'm in total, I'm in total agreement with you on that. Um, that's powerful stuff right there, guys. So let's jump into the growth rapid fire round. Uh, a couple quick questions that are pretty impactful to me and I'm sure will be impactful to everyone listening. What's a book that's impacted your life the most or one that you're most excited about right now? You know, I, I, I mentioned it previously, but I think Thinking Grow Rich, but the 1926 uh, version, The Law of Success in 16 Lessons, go buy it on audio and just listen to it. Go take notes as if you're going to go and teach it. And if you actually take notes on that book and write down every chapter of that book, as far as how you can implement that in your life, you will explode tenfold across the board and it changes your mindset drastically. I just, that book, Thinking, uh, um, The Law of Success in 16 Lessons by Napoleon Hill was the 1926 version of the Think and Grow Rich with Think and Grow Rich was more, you know, uh, I, not, or I guess minimalized comparatively. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I actually read that version in a little book club back in 2012. Powerful, nice. blew my yeah. mind. And I realized that book's not even about making money. It's just about manifesting anything that you want in your life. If you believe it, if you think about it, if you surround yourself and put it out there, good things will happen. I love yeah. that. I buy that book for people for Christmas and they look at me like I'm crazy, you know, because so they think it's about money. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so not. I love that. That's awesome. So purpose, why do you do what you do, Matt? Freedom and to help people because I realized that this, this type of building assets is the only way to create true freedom. Like at least for my, and, and a business is an asset, real estate's an asset, you know, um, notes and all kinds of different cash flow assets, you know, can help build that freedom for you. Um, and then showing other people how to do it. If you really think about it, our, one of our biggest problems as a society as a whole is the lack of financial education. People don't have that mentality and they don't understand that, you know, a lot of the issues that come in their life come from not understanding the right financial education and doing the right budgeting, even, you know, having understanding debt and credit cards and, you know, how all the, the right planning works and how to build goals for yourself financially. And so it's cool to be able to teach people the tools to do that at the same time as the tools to get out of if they're if they feel like they're stressed or can't deal with their job anymore, how cool is that to be able to show people a way to, to true financial freedom? So that's, that's why I do it. It's, and that's why I've been doing the Phoebe clubs forever. I don't need to do them anymore, but like tonight I'm teaching a class on flipping one-on-one, you know, and just to help people and you get so many resources out of it yourself. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't need the resources anymore. You know, I just want to go play with my kids. But at the same time, it's, it's worth it to help people. Honestly, that's what's so interesting is like, you start out, you start in a place where you don't have a lot and you really want to kind of work your way up to getting that money. Then you think the money is going to fulfill you and it's going to do everything for you. And, and it sure does. It does a lot. It's better to have the money than not have the money. But what it actually comes down to is, you know, the quality of your relationships and helping other people. I mean, you've helped me, Matt, right? I, I met you at the first real estate investor event I ever went to. 
was a Phoebe in Long Beach. Nice. And uh, I met a mentor there that I followed around for a few months where I got my first experience flipping houses, huge impact. And that ended up leading the way to so many other things. And now we've become friends. We've worked together in a lot of different ways. And uh, just so you know, obviously, here's one example of the contribution that you're giving coming back for full circle. But it's happening every time you get out there and do do that kind of stuff. So thank you for doing that. It's cool to see guys like you that are, are willing to hustle and push that push that envelope and, you know, continue to push and, and know the kind of volume that you can do and meet the right people and stick around the right people. You know, I know some of the people that you hang out with and they're all high quality investors and, you know, people that have that right level of education and the right mindset. So many people don't hang out with the right people and have a negative mindset because of it because they're hanging out with people that don't have that, that, you know, uh, that mindset either. So. That's it right there. Back to think and grow rich, baby. <laughs> Surround yourself with the people who are going to inspire you and push you to do great and you will do great. So on that same note, Matt, tell us who is a mentor that's inspired you to live your best life every day? Oh, man, a mentor that's inspired my best life. It's going to come back to my dad again because, you know, I told you I'm all mentally messed up from that whole incident. So, you know, uh, it really comes down to that. It's funny because every time I'm like, hey, I could I, I could I can make this happen or I could push this envelope. He he he, he grinds me back to say, nope. You gotta, you gotta draw that line in the sand and make sure that you're doing the right thing all the time and make sure that you're focused and, uh, and you realize and through, through that passing that how important life is to try to improve yourself and better yourself. And I, I feel like that's the way to true happiness is that along with helping other people and to enjoy life and like kind of live in the moment as best you can. It's not easy to do when you're focused so much on business and, and working so hard, but, um, that experience makes you take a step back and say, Hey, what's important in life? Because I may not be around, you know, so, or my family or someone that I love may not be around. So let's go spend as much time as they, we can together and let's enjoy life as best we can and push the limits because, you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. And so if you, if you focus on, if you really, through that passing, you can really focus on a lot of positivity because you realize and start appreciating life in a completely different way. So I love that. That's impactful. So uh, you've made a big impact on my life. I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks for being here. Really excited to, to be able to share this experience together and learn a little bit more about why you do what you do. It all makes sense now, right? It all makes so much <laughs> sense. So where can people find out more about what you're doing or get in touch with you? Uh, ocgproperties.com or they can email, email us at invest at ocgproperties.com. Awesome. That's it. That sounds great. And if you're in the Southern California area, you definitely have to check out Phoebe for investors by investors. It's an amazing, uh, real estate meetup and uh, nonprofit organization that's focused on helping people learn real estate. You know, they're, they're not there to sell a bunch of products. They're there to really deliver a lot of value. And uh, we've seen a lot of value here today. So thank you so much for being with us, Matt. Look forward to seeing you next time I'm in SoCal. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.